Coming up on NRL Teams, it appears Anthony Seabold has coached his last game at Brisbane, so where to next for the Broncos as they prepare to rebuild from the darkest chapter in the club's history? Captain Cam is back, but will he return to skipper the storm in 2021? And how will his impending decision impact his legacy? Will we finally see Boyd Corden return to lead the Roosters? And will Sonny Bill Williams be sworn in a week earlier than expected? And Blake Green's season ended in round 15, but have Newcastle's title hopes gone down with him? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast. Yes, we'll discuss all of those big talking points, including whether Boyd Corner will be back for the Chooks or SBW. Will he be named for the Roosters uh, when the teams drop for round 16 in a little while? But the big news out of Red Hill today, Anthony Seabold is expected to hold a press conference tomorrow morning where he will confirm uh, he is walking away from his post as Brisbane Broncos coach. Uh, Robbie, uh, Brett, uh, has been bubbling away all year. There is talk that the front runners for the job moving forward are Paul Green and Kevin Walters. Noddy, uh, out of those two options, or is there another option that you believe is the best fit for Brisbane moving forward? Well, it's certainly disappointing for the Broncos to have gone out and sought him and got the five-year contract. We're now it's a four-year contract plus one year technically in the, in the Broncos' favour. When you get told a settlement fee to leave, you have to leave. There's no way he could stay beyond from what the news we saw the other day. I think Kevin Waters will get the job, uh, only because they are publicly broken. Um, they're, they're playing extremely bad. We know there's a disconnection with the old boys, and I suppose that the, the quickest way of getting the, the old band all, 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 all the support back in Brisbane is to get one of their greats, and obviously the Queensland coach, so he, he fits a fair resume there. Robbie, do you agree that Kevin Walters is the best man for the job? I think currently in the situation they're in, yeah, I agree with Noddy. I think it's the state they're in at the moment. They do need a band together and yeah. get the public support and the media on, on board and, and the whole city. And I think you need one of the old boys to do that. And, and Kevy's obviously got a long association with the club and, and, and a, a fondness for the club. So to bring him back, I think it's the right time. Um, you know, it's an interesting one because, he, you know, there was talk during the, the first interview process, he didn't get a, a decent look in and Anthony Seabold got the job. And, you know, now... Seabold's out of the job and Kevy comes in when he wasn't good enough in the first place. So, uh, rugby league, eh? Does he swallow his pride, <laughs> though, because he's always wanted this gig? I, I think Did so, you, yeah. Do you dismiss that? I, I think so, and I think, I think with Kevy, uh, and I've heard him speak uh, on the radio, and you know, he's obviously got a, a strong love for the club, and it'd be hurting him seeing what they're going through. So there's no doubt he'll want to go in and help. And as you said, he's got the, all the support of the old boys as well up in Brisbane. Uh, of course, after this year, Darius Boyd retires. David Fafita heads the Gold Coast Titans. Noddy, how long will the rebuild uh, go for in Brisbane for them to be a genuine premiership contender again? Uh, a premiership contender? I, I think they've got a great roster. I would have thought they'd... Yeah, a few key positions. Tom Dearden seems to be a star for them. So they've got a genuine mm. number seven there. Um, they've got some quality players. They were, they were star-stacked with individuals, but they've got to bring those individuals into a team. So I actually expect them to make the eight next year with some happiness off the field and, and a coach that might be a bit more light-hearted and a bit more fun. Uh, a premiership contender, I'm, saying, I'm going to say this, it's not going to happen in Brisbane for probably five years. Agreed? Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, you know, what's happened this year, they're not going to rebound, you know, overnight. It's going to take time to rebuild. Um, and, and make them a strong club again. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be a slow process. But, um, yeah, I think, as, I think they'll improve, obviously, next year and the year after, but it's going to take some time. We, we always mention about those senior players. Like, you know, they, they seem to... Like, 
Darius Boyd's going to retire. Who is their yeah. senior player? They've got Gillett, who hasn't played many games uh, and bits and pieces. They lost a lot of leadership. So they're going to need to let these kids get some experience, get some trust. They've got to hold this group of kids together because... We know how talented they are. Mm. They've got a did in there. You need to find a couple of key other play, other positions. For, and yeah, Fafita's gone and, yeah. and Pengai Jr., the issue's still there with you know, what's going to happen with his future as well. We don't know what's going to happen there, but make yeah. sure you stay locked to NRL.com tomorrow morning uh, with Anthony Seabold expected to speak to the media about his uh, departure from Red Hill. All right, let's look back at last week's predictions. This week, it's tonight. Kevin Proctor, not guilty. Kevin Proctor will miss four weeks after being found guilty. South Sydney win this weekend by 10-plus margin. What a victory. South Sydney, 56, defeating Manly, 16. And Tom Burgess will score a try in that victory. You should have seen the green on Noddy's face there. He thought he got it right. You forgot about the Tom Burgess. I was like, I can't wait for Zach to give me a well done. No, no, no. Only half a point. Well done on that. Got to raise three MVP votes for last week. Latrell Mitchell was my one point. He started to get match fit and create a bit of nuisance for opposition. Josh Papali was unbelievable in the Canberra Raiders. And Liam Martin, the back row for Penrith, I thought he was great. A couple of try assists, a solo try himself. Very powerful, very fast. And Penrith are flying and it's... You know, obviously, um, it, it is all revolving around Nathan Cleary, but there's some other players starring for the side. Yeah, he was signed for, with the club until 2023 last week. Robbie, does he feature in your top three players? Uh, you know, my one point went to Latrell Mitchell. My two went to Liam Martin. I thought he was outstanding. And my three was another Raider, Jack Whiten, who I think has been uh, outstanding for them probably for the last month or so. Yeah, we've spoken about how important he is. Uh, Nathan Cleary there on the leaderboard. Eight clear of Kalen Ponga. Of course, uh, uh, he was deducted those votes for the Dally M, six votes, but he looks like he might take out our MVP award here on NRL Teams. We've got to get into the uh, round 16 matches. What a way to kick things off back out at Bankwest Stadium. We've got the Parramatta Eels up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs on Thursday night. Brad Arthur has been forced to make the one change this week. Andrew Davey returns to the bench after being overlooked for the last couple of weeks. He replaces Marata Niakore, who accepted a one-match ban for his crusher tackle on Tom Eisenhuth. There are three fresh faces in the Rabbitohs lineup. Corey Allen comes onto the wing for Alex Johnston, who is missing after he suffered a head knock against Manly. Dane Gagai returns after straining his hamstring at training last week. That forces Stephen Masters out after he debuted against the Seagulls. Liam Knight is the other player who returns from a one-match ban, so Kurt Dillon drops out of Wayne Bennett's best 17. Now the Eels attack looks completely different in uh, 2020 compared to 2019 and most of Mitch Moses' numbers are similar except for one key stat. So let's compare his numbers from last year to this year. Last year he finished with 25 try assists in 26 games. This year he has just three in 12 games. A lot of their attack has uh, of course come through Clint Gutherson who has 12 try assists. So Robbie is this dramatic contrast in numbers because Brad Arthur has deliberately changed their attack or is it because, uh, you know, they wanted to get more out of their fullback? I think their game's evolved a bit. I think Clint Gutherson's get more ball. Uh, Dylan Brown's a lot more involved this year as well. And I think with those weeks that uh, Mitch Moses missed through injury, I think their reliance on him probably pulled back a peg. So, you know, I think now they've uh, got different points of attack, whereas last year... Uh, and a lot of those try assists from Mitch last year were coming off his kicking game as well. Whereas this year, I think they've uh, definitely evolved their attack and they've got different threats across the park. 
Yeah, obviously Dylan Brown is, is the left sort of five eight or left half in theory. So, you know, a lot of their tries have come through Seaver or Jennings this year. So yeah. a lot of that's going to come off Dylan Brown or Clint Gutherson. Um, it's funny, you, you talk about his numbers going backwards this year. I would have thought his numbers would have gone forward because of the rule change, the play the ball speed, the halfbacks getting over the advantage line a lot more. So maybe it's up to Mitchell for the next few weeks. Parramatta's attack has come back a fair way from what they were doing early in the year. So maybe it is the seven needs to get more dominant and get a bit more over the advantage line and, and take the senior role. With the Eels' attack stalling in recent weeks, do you agree that it is up to Mitch Moses to potentially take the reins a little bit more, take pressure off Gutho and, and give two or three points of attack? Well, I think so, yeah. Obviously, yeah, he'd probably be disappointed with his numbers as well. And, uh, yeah, Parra have probably... Yeah, not, not in the same form that they were at the start of the year. They are, they're on fire at the start of the year. And you know, now they're struggling for points a bit. I think teams have worked them out a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of pressure and, you know, on Mitch as the halfback of the side to really step up and provide that. All right. South Sydney Rabbitohs are on a roll. They've won uh, their four, four, uh, last four matches, uh, but they've yet to beat a team above them on the ladder. Have you seen anything over the last month that suggests that they can beat the Eels and other teams uh, in the top four? Well, I think they've definitely improved over the last month. Souths are uh, a team that's playing with a lot of confidence. They seem to have adapted finally to the, the new rules and their attacking style of play. Um, but in saying that, they haven't really beaten anyone of note in the last month either. I think they had a scrappy win against the Cowboys you know, up there in Townsville. Uh, you know, they destroyed Manly on the weekend, but Manly are, are obviously in terrible form at the moment as well. So, you know, it's a really strong test for the Bunnies this week to see where they stand in this competition. All right, we've got to push on to Friday night footy. The early game, the St George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Gold Coast Titans 6pm at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. There are two changes on the bench for the Red V. Jackson Ford returns from his tripping suspension, while Billy Britton will play his first match since round two. They replace Corbin Sims, who picked up a calf strain against Brisbane, and Paul Vaughan, who will miss two weeks through suspension for a crusher tackle. Of course, that's after he missed two games for a biosecurity breach a couple of weeks ago. After missing last week with a quad strain, Ash Taylor returns at 5'8", which sees Tanner Boyd surprisingly drop out of the Titans 17 altogether. Mitch Rain has overcome a knee injury to replace Nathan Peets at hooker. He has a calf problem. Bo Firma is back in the back row, replacing Keegan Hipgrave, who drops to the bench, while Tyrone Peachy earns a promotion. He starts at lock with Milwaukee Fodawaka. Uh, out with, for a one-match ban. Elsewhere, Aaron uh, Clark is on the bench. Uh, Noddy Jamal Fogarty. Uh, it's now Fogarty <laughs> and not uh, Fogarty. Uh, before this year, only played two games. Hasn't missed a game since round three on the yeah. weekend, handed his captaincy. So uh, Holbrook is clearly a big fan of him. What does it mean uh, for his long-term prospects as halfback for that club? Yeah, well, it's nice that they've finally got some stability in the seven. You know, Obviously, they had uh, Ash Taylor there. Um, they couldn't settle on Ash Taylor. Ash Taylor doesn't want the pressure of running the side, doesn't want to be the, the game organiser. And I think, you know, what Justin Holbrook's done, he's actually got the best out of Ash Taylor by taking pressure off him. Jamal Fogarty um, steers the team around, plays nice and controlled, he's nice and calm, he's got a good kicking game, he's also a very, very good defender. And as you said, he's only played 15 NRL matches, but that's huge for the coach to put faith in, which it's good to have some stability because... We know that they've got uh, Fafita there coming next year, so that's a quality player. It's a good sign for the for it's a good sign for him, but it's a good sign for the Fogarty that he's going to have a couple more years career. So you think from what you've seen this year, he will be the halfback to play on the back of that awesome pack next year? Yeah, definitely. He'll be the halfback. He'll steer him around. He'll kick to the corner. Uh, Brimson seems to be the long-term fullback. Uh, Ash Taylor, um, without the pressure, I think will continue to develop and, and get get more skillful and. 
and then all of a sudden the Titans become a, a, a real force. Alright, so Corey Norman has uh, been accused often uh, for not delivering for the Red V, but that couldn't be said about last Friday night. Uh, Robbie, do you think a changing coach has eased the pressure off him? And, and moving forward, he's got five weeks to prove that he should be the sixth moving forward. Well, I think that there was obviously a lot of speculation in the papers last week about his future and him getting shopped around, whether it's to the English Super League or another club in the NRL. And yeah, he responded with one of his best games of the season, I thought. Uh, yeah, his running game was strong, scored a try early on by you know, a bit of a show and go, uh, got over the line, and then his kicking game was outstanding. Came up with a couple of repeat sets, and you now that kick with a minute and a half to go, just great game management, you know, put him in the end goal, uh, really iced the game. And you know, I think that's, that's what you, you want to see from Corey Norman, that's what you've got to expect from a player of his calibre, but it's got to be done week in, week out. Is he capable of doing it each week, Noddy? He hasn't done it yet. So he, he, he was going to play. He played Origin yeah. last year. He, yeah, and he was going to play for Queensland a number of years ago. And, and he, he, well, Parramatta had so much inconsistency with Corey Norman and, and Moses as the halves, but he can do it. It's yeah. just it's just that frame of mind. You turn up some weeks with that, just relax. I don't. I'm not going to build pressure. I'm just going to go all or nothing attitude. Mm. Or do you have the ability to build pressure? Because that's what the NRL is all about: building pressure, staying composed, and being consistent. And, and that keeps him. That keeps him starring for the Dragons. Well, hopefully Dean Young... Oh, I was going to say, this week's a more important week for Corey Norman than last week because everyone knows he can do it once, but he's got to back it up. So that's why this week's more important for him. OK, all right. It's an important week uh, for the Roosters uh, when they take on the Broncos at the SCG, uh, Friday night, 7.55pm. And there's a huge in for the Roosters. It's a name we haven't seen on their list for a while. No, it's not Sonny Bill Williams. He's still missing. Uh, he hasn't been named in the 21-man squad at all. But co-captain Boyd Cordner is back on the left edge after missing the past five matches. That's great to see. Daniel Tupo returns from an ankle injury, replacing Matt Ikevalu, who has been doing a great job until he injured his ankle against the Tigers. Nat Butcher drops to the interchange, while Daniel Fafida moves to 18th man. Another week, another change to the Broncos' halves. Anthony Milford's latest hamstring injury sees Sean O'Sullivan return to the NRL for the first time since he ruptured his ACL in September last year. That means Brisbane will have a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old in their halves this Friday night. Milford's absence also means Brody Croft earns a recall via the bench while Corey Pake starts at hooker as Isaac Luke serves a one-match ban. Also to note, it's great to see Corey Oates back in the 21-man squad after he feared earlier this year that his season was over. Noddy, we've spoken about it in recent weeks, uh, but it's great to see Boyd Cordner yeah. back for the Roosters. Yeah, and, and even at the start of the year when he wasn't playing and they arrested him and, and that awareness and then he had a couple of those HIAs and lots of... It is great to see Boyd Cordner back. We, we want him playing the game week in, week out. He's, he's their leader. Um, he does some of the most courageous runs when they're backed against the wall. Um, and, you know, right, they've done really well to rest him, or not rest him, but be patient, um, which is what Trent Robinson has done really well. And there's a couple of big ins starting to slowly creep back in mm. for the Roosters, and they put a pretty fair uh, statement out last weekend with a few of those players back as well. Yeah, and do you think with Boyd Cordner returning, if he stays out of trouble injury-wise, do you think he'll be primed for a big back end of the year? Oh, I think so. You know, we, earlier on the year, he missed the first four or five rounds mm. because you know, they spoke about him not having a pre-season and they wanted to get him fit you know, for the business end of the year. And now he's had the injuries with the, the head knocks as well. So he hasn't had a lot of football this year, so he'd like to think he'd be peeling, uh, feeling pretty fresh. If he can stay nice and fit, then you know, he, yeah, he'll be at his best in a, in a month's time, you know, right when the whips, the whips are cracking. You had the best vantage point of anyone at Leichhardt Oval watching from the scoreboard uh, last week. I won't bring up yeah. the result, but did you like what you saw from Kyle Flanagan after he was dropped for a couple of weeks and Trent Robinson said, I want you to work on your game? 
Well, that was a big question mark last week going into that game. Obviously, Kiri missing. Uh, Lockie Lamb got injured the week before, so Flanagan was back with a new Haas partner in, in Drew Hutchinson. I thought they were both outstanding. Obviously, I thought the, the first half they really controlled the game. You know, Tigers were quite poor defensively, but you know, the Roosters definitely took advantage of that. And so, you know, Some of the passes here on the right edge from, from Kyle, like you know, this pass and the one over the top of... Um, Sorry, can't, can't even remember who was on the left wing there for the Tigers um, at the moment. But um, you know, some of those passes that he came up with were, were first class. So, you know, I thought that was an outstanding performance by him. Speaking of uh, number seven, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Tom Dearden wasn't ready to be uh, thrown in there by Anthony Seabold. But he's played five straight games there. On the yeah. weekend, he took control with Anthony Milford off. Is he their long-term seven at Red Hill? 100%. Long-term, but he's the franchise player they can build the next 10 years around. Um, They've done well with protecting because he's he's only young, he's only little, but he seems to have all the all the maturity of, of a, a genuine, experienced halfback. He plays really tough. Um, he's got a good kicking game. He runs the ball on. Um, I think he's a long-term prospect for him, but the, you have to hold him back sometimes to protect him. And, and again, they're going that bad. You throw him to the wolves, he gets mm. burned, he loses his confidence, and he probably loses that spring in his step. So um, I, I think actually. As big as it could be the future half, a uh, future halfback for Queensland when DCE retires. That's how good I think yeah. he is. Yeah, I think he's a star. Okay, so, a star. so what does that mean for Brady Croft, who was brought to Brisbane to try and solve their half halves issues? Well, it means he's got some work to do to get back <laughs> in the side. I, th I think you know he's obviously had his issues this year, and uh, Dearden, you know, is is been a player that they've spoken about for a long time up there, and they've held him back, and he's got his opportunity, and he's he's playing well and he's performing. Yeah. So it's his jumper to lose, and it's Brody Crofts to to win back. So I think Brody Crofts going to have a lot of work to do to get back in that side. Katoni Stags, let's look at the positives. Uh, out of the Broncos mm. set up at the moment. He is in outstanding form. Uh, you've both played Origin footy. Uh, would he look out of place in a sky blue jersey come November? Well, that was a peach of a try, wasn't it? Um, you know, I, I've got big raps on Katoni Staggs. I remember early on in the year, after the first couple of rounds, I actually Googled his name to see whether he was a Queenslander <laughs> or a New South Welshman because straight away I was excited. You know, I saw he was a, a New South Welshman. I think he was born in Wellington, maybe, yep. somewhere in New South Wales. And straight away I had a you know, circle around his name thinking this kid's going to play Origin for New South Wales. Whether that's this year or, or next, I'm not too sure, but I definitely think he's an Origin player of the future. It was actually really good to see him. He actually criticised his senior players last week as well. The standards weren't high enough. They're not the leaders. There, you know, for a young person to do that, um, it, it puts how much confidence he's got in his own ability, and he actually wants higher standards for the whole club. So, which is a good thing to have. Yeah, he wouldn't look out of place in the Origin Arena. Uh, he's got all the swagger to go with it as well. All right, uh, Saturday Arvo footy kicks off with the Warriors and the Knights. Uh, this is at Scully Park back in Tamworth. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But there are a couple of key ins for the Warriors. Chanel Harris-Tavita returns after missing last week following a head knock at training. He replaces round 15 rookie Paul Turner, who went pretty well in the halves against the Bulldogs. Eli Kartora returns from suspension in the back row, forcing Isaiah Papali'i out of Todd Payton's squad. Newcastle have confirmed today that Blake Green sadly ruptured his ACL against the Cowboys. His season-ending injury means a recall for Mason Lino, who comes in for his first NRL match of 2020. Kurt Mann stays at dummy half and Phoenix Crossland is in Jersey 14, meaning there is still no room for Tex Hoy. Stafford Toa has been named on the wing but still needs to pass his HIA protocols to play. And a big special shout-out to Dave Clemmer, 
who uh, makes his 150th NRL appearance this week. Unfortunately, his regular front row partner isn't alongside him. Daniel Saifidi is still out with a knee injury. They're on a bit of a roll, uh, the Warriors. I didn't think I'd say that this year, given what they've had to face. But it's great to see they've won three of the last four matches. They return to Tamworth to say thank you uh, to the people of Tamworth. That's where they uh, quarantined when they arrived in Australia. For a team that's looking for motivation each week, this is a big factor for them to get up for. It's, a, it's an easy factor to get up for because, as you said, Tamworth walking them into quarantine over here. Otherwise, there was no chance of the code going on and the Warriors coming to Australia. So I think it's a huge way for them to go to Tamworth. They play at Scully Park uh, to celebrate, to say thank you. As you said, there's some consistency now with the Warriors, which we don't say too often. Uh, and they play against the Newcastle Knights side, who's missing some players through some, some big injuries. So I think they go into this game really confident. I think they cause a bit of an upset at Scully Park and celebrate up there. Okay. It's, it's crazy to think the Warriors are still a chance of making the semis. Like, There's still a chance of sneaking in. If they can string a couple of games together, I think it'll be an outstanding achievement if they can. And credits to Toddy Payton mm. taking over... Uh, mentally keeping that side together with everything they've been through this year and some of the some of the footy they've been playing is, as you said, consistent and it's been exciting to watch. Their success under Todd Payton has got to be one of the great stories of a very interrupted season for the Warriors. Uh, sadly, as I said, uh, Blake Green's season-ending ACL injury uh, isn't uh, good news for the Knights. How will it impact them physically and yeah. mentally? Because you spoke to everyone in the club and they were so up when he arrived thinking they could, you know, he's really change their squad. Yeah, it's going to impact them you know, in a big way, I think, because it's been the story of their year. They've they've lost, I think, three dummy halves. You know, lost Braley early yeah. in the year. Kind of McCullough came to the club and he's gone down. You know, so every every guy they've come in to bring reinforcements, uh, they've just had another setback. You know, they brought in, obviously, Blake Green due to the injury concerns they've had. Now they've lost him as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's quite a frustrating year for, for the Knights and Adam O'Brien up there. And you know, I think um, yeah, it's it becomes very difficult to to perform week in, week out when you keep having these injuries and, and you're not fielding your best 17 on the park. So what does that mean for their title hopes or top four hopes? Or Oh, look, I think they'll still make the semis. I don't, I don't see them going much further than that, to be honest. You just you can't compete with the best teams in the comp without your best players. OK, so Adam O'Brien has uh, picked Mason Leno at 5'8". Would you have picked Mason Leno alongside Mitchell Pearce? No. Well, Mason Leno hasn't... We would have played two games maybe in the Canterbury Cup at the start of the season. Hasn't played for... A fair while. That's what we're talking about, middle of March. Um, and, and then you've got, uh, as you said, Crossland and Hoy have both played matches all year. So it's a big call. Uh, I would have thought they would have gone for one of the young kids they've got some high opinions about. Um, in, in my mind, Mason Lenor, um, you know, he's not overly quick. He, I feel like he doesn't offer as much as what the other young kids mm. would do. And then the other kids have played footy in their match fit. So I'm a bit... Perhaps he's a, as by he's this a rule. former warrior, maybe knows something about the Warriors' setup. No, no. no. no you're clutching, clutching, you're clutching, clutching there. Yeah. You're gone fishing yeah. and you caught nothing. Yeah. Speaking of fishing, we've got the Sharks uh, on against uh, Lassoing Cowboys. Uh, uh, that's the second game on Saturday uh, down at Nestrato yeah. Jubilee Stadium at 5.30. I had to save myself somehow there. Uh, Matt Moylan wasn't at his best against the Panthers and it appears to have cost him his starting spot this week. The playmaker has been named in jersey 20, with Connor Tracy named in the halves alongside the returning Sean Johnson, who had a big week last.
last week. He had a groin issue and also welcomed into the world his first child. So congrats to him and Kayla on the birth of young Miller. Uh, Braden Ueli has been named to start like he did la was last week, but he came off the bench against Penrith. Kiwi International, Britton Nakora has been recalled to the back row as Toby Rudolph returns to lock and Sifa Talakai and Scott Sorensen drop back to the bench. Andrew Fafita is in Jersey 21 and is an outside chance of returning from a hamstring injury and finger uh, surgery as well. Plenty of changes for North Queensland as well, with a couple of big names missing, but there's one big name back, so let's start with the good news. Valentine Holmes returns from his second stint on the sideline this season with an ankle injury. The star recruit hasn't played since round nine and comes back in on the wing. Hamaso Tabuai Fido has a slight hammy issue, but should be back next week. The bad news, Jason Taumalolo will be missing for up to four weeks with a calf issue, while Reese Robson's season is over after he tore his hammy at training last week. Uh, Murray Torlungi starts in the centres for the first time in his NRL career, while Dijan Assi is back from a knee injury and slots in at 5.8. That means Tom Opacek and Ben Hampton have been dropped. Francis Milo is up front with Josh Maguire filling in Taumalolo's shoes at lock, and Tom Gilbert is the new cowboy on the bench. After getting through all of that, uh, he wasn't at his best against the Panthers. Did Matt Moylan uh, deserve to be dropped? And what does it mean uh, for his future, given Chad Townsend looks mm. like he'll be back in the next couple of weeks? I think it's a, a strong message from, from Coach John Morris. I think you know, the Sharks, we all know they can score points, but the issue for them all year has been their defence, and they're not going to compete in the back end of the year unless they improve their defence. You know, the, some of the tries they led on the weekend were just so poor and so soft, and Matty Moylan was a culprit in a couple of those uh, tries. So... I think he's sending a message to the team. Um, you know, Connor Tracy comes in, who's, who's done a great job for him with his opportunities this year as well. So, yeah, Moylan, um, yeah, it's, it's a big call, but I think one that, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a wake-up call for him, to be honest. You spoke about the Sharks' struggles in defence. They've got the third-best attack mm. in the league. Uh, they sit just inside the top eight. But let's have a look at their numbers and highlight just where it's all going wrong uh, for the Sharks. Um, We've got the stats, 35.1 uh, missed tackles per game. It's the worst in the league. Uh, in six of their last eight games, they've conceded more than 40 po uh, con uh, missed more than 40 tackles. Uh, they concede 3.9 tries per game and 22.9 uh, points conceded an average per game. That's 11th in the league. So after uh, hearing those stats, how far off the Sharks uh, from genuine premier premiership contenders, Noddy? Yeah, in their attack point of view, they're pretty close to it because they sit third in attack. And I think Sean Johnson is equally as dominant as what sort of probably a Nathan Cleary has been when they're both on fire. So it's got nothing to do with their attack. Um, you're right, Zach. You cannot win a game of football when you're missing 35 tackles because you're always on the back foot. Um, you're leaking huge points every week. You, you can't win 50 to 38 type of concept every weekend and, and expect to win a, a, a semi-final or a grand final. So... They have to improve that missed tackle rate by at least 50%. They have to bring their points scored down to about 16 points on average. And then all of a sudden they can become genuine contenders. So they beat themselves. Yeah, and they, they had a target earlier this year of um, not missing more than 22 tackles. They've only done that once this year when it was 19. Uh, anyway, uh, Val Holmes is back. Uh, Robbie, you're a believer in Val Holmes, the fullback. They've brought him mm. back on the wing. Do you think that's a short term to lighten his load? given he's had an injury-plagued season, or do you think that is where his position is long-term? Well, I think in the short term it's the right call. I think he's obviously had a disrupted year with injuries. He's coming back now for, for a major ankle injury, I think. So uh, it, the right call is to put him back on the wing and let him get his match fitness and, and get his groove and timing back in the game. 
Now, whether that's going to be the case next year, I'm not too sure. There's obviously no decision on the new coach yet for the Cowboys either. So the new coach is going to come in with his own ideas. But look, I think for the back end of the year, the right call is to play Val on the wing. All right, well, let's move on to the late game on Saturday night. We're back out in Penrith at Panthers Stadium as the Panthers take on the West Tigers. Two purring Panthers will miss the battle of the Big Cats. Happy Coruscant uh, will miss a week with a calf injury while Viliami Kikau has accepted a one-match suspension. In the backs, Brent Naden shifts to the centres to allow Brian To'o to return from ankle surgery on the wing. Mitch Kenny is Penrith's new number nine as Moses Leota is promoted to start. Isaiah Yo moves from lock to the second row and James Fisher-Harris trades jersey 10 for jersey 13. Tyrone May drops back to the utility option on the bench which means Dane Laurie misses out. Billy Burns is back for his first game since round 11 while Kurt Capewell is on the reserves list as he pushes for selection after an injury plagued season. He hasn't played since round 5. Let's look at the Tigers. Harry, Harry, Harry. You can hear the chance already. Robbie from Leichhardt as Harry Grant is named to return from an injury. Tom McKayley earns a start up front, replacing Russell Packer, who has been dropped. Alex Twole is at lock, with Matt Eisenhuth dropping to the bench alongside Jacob Little and Sean Bloor. Barring any late changes, it looks like Josh Reynolds will miss out on selection this week. Noddy, when uh, I asked Ivan Cleary last week uh, if he's going to rest plays, he said we've been lightening their load at training rather than yeah. l letting them miss out on games. Do you think they can continue to do that, Penrith? They have to do that. They have to continue to lighten the load. And, and if he's not resting players, because if you rest players, sometimes you can actually pick up bad habits and get out of the, the form you're in. They've won 10 in a row. They're absolutely flying. So if, if, if Ivan's happy to, from the be freshened up Monday to Friday, for example, but play on Saturday to keep the positive thoughts going forward, to keep the winning, because if you're confident you play a good brand of football, you can learn. There, there would still be a few things that all the coaching staff are out there saying they need to improve to, to win the competition. So... Whilst you've got your stars playing, you can keep improving, but you've definitely got to look at resting them in some regards. And it's, it's good that they're doing the rest Monday to Friday. And, you know, two big players in Coruscant and Kikau get a rest, not, not of their own accord, but they still get time to have a rest. Robbie, do, do you agree that that's the way to do it? Or if they nail down a top two finish, which is a home final, can the Panthers afford to rest some of their big guns? Oh, I, I, as a player, I'd prefer to lighten the load during training. Uh, as a player, you never want to miss games, and especially... You want to get that consistency and that, that regular you know, weekly game. In, your match fitness is so important at this time of the year. So, you know, for me as a player, I'd love to... Yeah, what they're doing, I think, is the right call. That's, that's what I think yeah, I'd do is if I was a coach is, you know, lighten the load at training, uh, but you still want your best team playing on the weekend. The 17 that are getting picked are the, probably the best 17 they've got to play. Look at the teams that are at the bottom of the ladder. We, we speak about the sides that make consistent changes. They're struggling. Yeah. They can't find consistency. They go good, they go bad. That's because there's change. Yeah. They've been lucky, the Panthers? Super lucky. They have. All right, the West Tigers, they haven't been too lucky. They've lost five of the last, uh, four of their last five matches, their latest against the Premiers on the week. And here's what immortal Andrew Johns had to say following that match on Channel 9. The Tigers, at the moment, are a team playing with no soul. I just, I imagine Michael Maguire will be just laying at home in bed just going, what have I got to do yeah. to this team? But the thing is... There is no relief with salary cap. I understand that they can't really go out in the market and buy anyone. So this squad they got, they've got for the next sort of 12, 18 months. A team with no soul. Uh, is he on the money, Robbie? Oh, you can't ask me that, mate. But um, it's Andrew Johns, so he's a pretty good judge uh, of a team and of, a, of a, a player. It's disappointing to hear that, obviously, being about the Tigers. So, um, 
Yeah, it's hard to comment. It's frustrating for me as a, as a fan now to, to sit I, I sat and watch that game. And it's a game where season's on the line. You know, we've spoken about it for the last month against the Warriors and the Knights as well. Got away with a, a win against the Dogs. But then you're playing the Roosters who are under strength and you're back at Leichhardt. But then to come out and dish up a performance like that in the first 40 minutes um, was quite poor and, and quite disheartening, to be honest. But we saw in the lead-up to, I think it was even the match last time against the Panthers, they showed so much promise. It looks like they've taken two or three steps back since that point. Well, that's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, that's the thing. I think we all saw improvements there and then it's almost like a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back and, and there's no doubt Madge will be pulling his hair out. Um, Tigers fans and members will be pulling their hair out. Uh, it's been, uh, since 2011, we haven't played finals. It doesn't look like it's going to be this year either and then if we can't go out and recruit in the areas that we need to recruit, then it's going to be another year next year. So... Very disheartening. It's just a frustrating situation for everyone. You can hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah. It, may, it, it is because, you know, I wish I, I had the... I wish there was a quick fix. There isn't a quick fix, so it's going to take time. And, you know, I've got no doubt it's frustrating for everyone involved. As I said, it's frustrating for me. You know, I know Madge is frustrated. That No doubt the players are too. So, um, yeah, I've got nothing else to say. All right, well... <laughs> Can the West Tigers cause an upset uh, as Ivan Cleary uh, leads his uh, Panthers against his old club? Uh, you can find out by watching Foxtel, Sky New Zealand using the KO uh, app or right here using your Telstra Live Pass across the NRL network. All right, the Storm and Seagulls, one of the great modern-day rivalries. Uh, that is the Sun Sunday uh, game uh, in the Sunshine State, Sunshine Coast Stadium, Sunday 4.05pm. Let's look at the Storm. Uh, the Cavalry returns from Melbourne, led by the two Cams. Cam Munster returns from a knee injury, while skipper Cam Smith is back after a couple of weeks out with a shoulder issue. Marion Seve starts in place of Shandor Earl, although last week's winger remains on the bench. Jerome Hughes is back from a groin complaint, and Jesse Bromwich returns from a one-match ban. Tom Eisenhuth is in the back row for the injured Kemi Bromwich, who has a calf complaint. Nelson Asifa Solomona is at lock. Tino Fasua Ma'alawi drops to the bench alongside Darren Schonig. Uh, who needs to pass a HIA protocol this week. Riley Jackson, Albert Vede uh, remain in the 21-man squad, but round 15 debutant Cooper Johns doesn't. Let's look at Manly. Moses Sully's season is sadly over thanks to a foot injury, so Jack Kajewski might have to get used to playing in the centres for the rest of 2020. Martin Zapower returns to the starting side, trading places with Taniel Paseca, while Joel Thompson is back from that gruesome tongue injury, uh, which also means Corey Woodell drops to the bench. The much talked about Albert Hopperwadi has returned to Manly after being on loan to the Warriors for a couple of weeks, but he remains in Jersey 18 outside of Des Hasler's top 17 for now. We'll wait and see uh, whether he comes in late. All right, how important, I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but how important is it for Cam Smith to make a decision about his future at Melbourne with the likes of Brandon Smith saying, hang, hang on, I need to know what's going on for my own future. Well, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. We know, so there's going to be winners and losers out of whatever decision mm. that Cameron Smith makes because there's going to be other clubs that either get players or lose players and then the Melbourne Storm uh, would want to keep those two players because then they can build the next five to ten years behind it. You know, Harry Grant's going to be a star for ten years and Brandon Smith is in their system and plays so tough. So... It's hugely important that Cameron Smith makes a decision. They obviously need to put a deadline on when that decision's going to be. Um, we, we know that their club's asking for him to come up with an answer. He spent 19 years at the Melbourne Storm. He spent half his life playing football for him. So I think he generally cares about the club and would like to leave it in a good position if he does retire. But also there's that desire, if I want to keep playing, well, 
I think he's entitled to keep playing. So if Cam Smith, on that point, if he plays on next year, what will hurt his legacy more? Staying at Melbourne and costing the club its next number one hooking option in Brandon Smith? Or going to a team like the Broncos and Titans and potentially having two underwhelming years? That's a loaded question, that one. Um, it's, a, it's a tough one. You know, I think they're probably both going to hurt his legacy in, in some little capacity, yeah, isn't it? So, you know, does he ruin being a one-club player and go on to finish his career at the, at the Broncos or the Titans? Or you know, do you risk losing your next hooker that you can build your club around for the next 10 years? So, yeah, these are all things that are probably going to weigh into his decision. At the same time, as Noddy said, if he's still got the desire to play, then you know, does he have to block out those other things and just say, hey, if I want to play, I want to play? He's achieved so much. He's probably achieved two or three more than any other player's achieved. He's won every medal there is, every performance. He's, as you said, he's played over 420-something games now, and, and it's all been a part of the Melbourne Storm, and Craig Bellamy's has helped cradle this. But, you know, you, I think he's torn between looking after Melbourne because of the two players he's going to leave, but also having his own desire... And then he, I think his family are on the Gold Coast going to school and they've already settled up there. So what if he goes to the Gold Coast and they have two really successful years? Does that mean, does that, mean that Cameron Smith, I think he is the next immortal anyway, but does that put his stature greater because he's fixed a franchise that's... Well, that so might help his legacy. Well, the other thing too, and no one's spoken about, is the financial aspect of it. You know, what's he want to play? Like, how much is he going to play for? And does that, does that take away re-signing a, a young kid you know, that you might lose, that might be the next 10-year player, you know, for your club that's going to go to another club because you can't afford to keep him because you've gone out and signed, re-signed Cam or signed Cam for a year. If I can sign Cameron Smith, whether on Melbourne Storm or the Gold Coast, I sign Cameron Smith. And the, and the other effect it has... So if you're Melbourne, you sign, re-sign Cameron Smith... You re-sign Cameron Smith and, at, the and let, at the expense of... or the next Queensland hooker in Harry Grant. And potentially but, Brandon Smith. You know? One or the other. The Kiwi hooker. Yeah. So hang on, you, so instantly you're forgetting about the 19 years, the four titles, the 300, 400 games, the, the three medals he's brought home. Yeah, but at some point you've got to start looking at the future of the, the club as well. Like this is a... It is. For, in, the short, in the short no term, long, no in the short term great. Of course you sign Cameron yeah. Smith, if you know, in the short term. But from a business or a football point of view, you've got to think of the long term of the club as well. Well, I could stand here. I wish he plays. Years. I hope he plays. We'll keep Harry, Harry Grant. Loaded. I could stand here don't all day. Don't don't this three years. Mate, it's a tough decision for him. It it's is. a horrible decision for him to have to make. Well, hopefully uh, it's all settled for Melbourne's sake by the uh, end of the week or potentially next week. Uh, there's been so much talk, uh, Manly, about Tom Trebojevic missing, but is he just the tip of the iceberg of issues with Manly or is he le like his injury legitimately that big a deal? He's that good of a player that it's, it's a huge issue when he doesn't play. We saw last year when he played compared to when he doesn't play, the points for, the points against. Uh, he's, he's a very special player. They're very salary cap heavy at the top end, so they don't have a lot of depth. And then once you start to get a few injuries, and especially when you get injuries to the key players, that's when you really get challenged. So I don't think they're far off. I think Des Hasler's done a good job, but yeah, and again, they're a bit like the West Tigers in some regards. Their salary cap is not going to get fixed quickly either. They're, this is the roster they've got for a period of time. I think the most disappointing thing with Manly this year has been their defence. You know, Des Hasler's sides have always been tough and mm. you know, they'll hang in there regardless of injuries but when you look at, they've lost Tom Trebojevic where we, you know, we all knew it was going to impact their attack but defensively they've been really poor in the last six weeks. I think you know, the, they would have conceded an average of 30 odd points in the last six weeks and 
that's really uncharacteristic for a Des Hasler coach side. Yeah, well said. All right, we've got to look at the last game of uh, round 16. We've got the Canberra Raiders up against the Canterbury and Bankstown uh, Bulldogs playing for the Ricky Stewart Cup down at uh, GIO Stadium. Uh, Josh Papali and Dinamis Louie have been named to start up front, although they traded places with Ryan Sutton and Joe Tarpany last week. Hudson Young starts at lock with uh, Corey Harawira Naira agreeing to not play against his former club after leaving the Bulldogs earlier this year. The Raiders will blood their fifth NRL rookie of 2020 when 20-year-old Matt Timoko uh, makes his debut off the bench. Steve Georgialis threatened to make changes after the loss to the Warriors and he has delivered in a very big way. Luke Thompson, Jack Cogger, Remus Smith and Tim Lafayette drop out of the 17 altogether. The club confirming Thompson and Avarillo have been rested. Uh, Lachlan Lewis, Dallin Watene Zalesniak and Marcelo Montoya return in the back line. Dylan Napa is back in the front row after serving a one-match ban, meaning Aiden, meaning Aiden Tolman moves to lock. Jack Johnson to the edge and Matthew Dury to the bench. Uh, if it wasn't enough changes already, uh, Renoff Tuamunga and Dean Britt also come back in. Josh Papali, uh, he always seems to come up with the big plays in the big moments, but he came up with a play on the weekend that he didn't really have to. Canberra were up by 18 points against the Titans. But Robbie, do efforts like this prove that he's the most important player in the Raiders' ranks? Look, I think, you know, when you speak about culture all the time in a footy yeah. club, and I think, yeah, it's easy to put culture into words, but when you see it in action, you know, this explains to you what the Canberra Raiders side's about. You know, we sat here and spoke six odd weeks ago when they had all the injuries and we said, oh, their season's over and whatever. But, you know, when you, when you see your senior players doing that week in, week out, and there's no reason for him and no right for him to even get even close to Jamal Fogarty. Um, but to come up with that sort of play is inspirational. Um, and that's, you know, that speaks volumes about Josh Papali and about the culture down there at the Raiders and, and what Ricky's done with that side. They, they've got an enormous forward pack, the Canberra Raiders. I forgot our power. Like, they've been blowing sides away through the mm. power of the forward pack. They're all similar frames. They're, they're quick. Their culture must be great. They all train hard. They just rip through the middle of most, most forward packs. And Ricky came out last week and said that Josh Papali will go down as one of the greats forwards that the Canberra Raiders have had. That's a fair rap when the players mm. that Ricky got to play with. Yeah. Well, back into last year, he was the best front row in the yeah. in the world. You know, he he real they got on his back and he took him to a grand final last year. All right, so uh, we've got to look at the Bulldogs. Steve Georgialis won't be there next year, but uh, he doesn't want the spoon this year. Well, no one does. Yeah, and it's, but uh, you can see with all these changes, he has made mass changes. Yeah, and I, and I think he's got every right to do so. You know, they're coming up against the Warriors side last week, where yeah, you know, I think they got up by twelve points at one stage, and then you know the back end of that game in the second half was was really disappointing from a dog side where you know, you're, they're a proud club, they don't want the wooden spoon, they, 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 they want to try and avoid it at all costs, but then to dish up what they did on the weekend, you know, I think uh, as a coach he's got every right to make changes. All right, well make sure you tune into this match and all the others this weekend via our broadcast partners, Nine, uh, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, across KO and using the Telstra Life Pass right here on NRL.com. No, it was just the new player for the Dogs. I'm looking forward to watching him play Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Yeah, the back rower. Oh, Josh Jackson. Hey, Josh there. Jackson. Well, you can play Josh Jackson's <laughs> out. Now Jack Johnson's playing for the Dogs. So he can play. another can change that Steve Jack Georgialis Johnson, has Jack one made. of the greatest uh, vocalists of <laughs> yeah, all time. Yeah. Good artist. Maybe we'll yeah. play some tunes uh, after the show. Uh, back over to you for your prediction. I hope my, you get my, this wrong this my week. My prediction, I'm going, I'm going Jack, really out there Jack Johnson week. had the cracker. We've got, we've got three sets of brothers playing this weekend. I think they're all going to score tries. The Morris boys, the Jennings brothers, and the Syrenham brothers. Okay, I like that a lot, but that is a huge, huge oh, mate. prediction. It's, 
It's called having a go and That's right. having a prediction. All right. The two wingers come back this week. They have missed a number of footballs and they're try-scoring freaks. So I've got Brian Tuo and Val Holmes scoring doubles. I like it. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Have an absolute <laughs> Jack Johnson will get our three points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might, might get mine. I'm getting zero uh, after today's performance. Uh, inside the NRL, we'll be back next Monday. Katie Brown, Michael Chamis and Jamie Soward will be back from 5pm to talk about all things out of round 16. Uh, yesterday's episode featured Sam Thiday. He was a, um, as funny as he ever is. Um, you can catch that on NRL TV. Uh, I was wondering what you were taking note of during that Bulldogs mm. list. And now I had I, to write it down. You had to. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the first thing you wrote down as well, so yeah. it was earlier in the show that I must have stuffed up. Anyway, uh, thanks for your uh, coming again. Uh, thanks for tuning in at home. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>